This is the Fatty Joe Show, coming to you from Casa de Cary, deep in the forests of Nutmegerville. This show is dedicated to exploring pathways to better health from a holistic perspective. In each episode, we will explore such topics as nutrition, mental and emotional health, fitness, and more. I'm Yogi, your host, and I became interested in studying health after conventional health dogma became damaging and led me to become massively overweight. Against modern convention, I went on a keto lifestyle and I lost over 300 pounds and gained a level of control on my personal health that I never had before. Now I'm on a journey to find out what is myth and what is truth in the ever convoluted world of what is considered healthy. Come join me on a journey of discovery as I look for a path to improve total health. If you'd like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash the fatty Joe show or patreon.com slash Carrie Brown. If you want to check out all of our social media links and recipes, head to carriebrown.com. Don't forget to leave a comment, like, and subscribe to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fatty Joe Show. I just wanted to make a quick recording. This is a bonus behind-the-scenes episode of me talking with Dave Feldman, He's such an interesting guy to talk to, and I, I've talked to him before at Keto Fast and Keto Salt Lake. We kind of got into it before the show started, of talking about different things, and it ended up being partially a podcast before I uh, was actually ready to start the podcast. So I thought it'd be fun to just share our behind-the-scenes conversation with everybody, and you can have this little like bonus thing. He even though it wasn't part of the podcast per se, he still relayed a lot of great information, and I just I didn't want to lose it. Before we get started, I want to thank one of our guests, uh, Chris, for leaving a comment on our on our podcast on Apple Podcasts. He said, "Yogi is a genuine soul, and it was my absolute pleasure to be able to sit down and record an episode. I'm grateful to the work he is." doing and the message that he's putting out in the world. Definitely a do not want to miss show. I want to thank Chris so much. This really helps us when people leave comments and ratings down, down at the bottom of the Apple podcast, it really helps the show get out to more people. So thank you very much. And if you want to hear your review read on air, go ahead and, and leave a comment below and leave a rating. Now, I want to go ahead and get into the show. So. Yeah, well, right now, time is definitely at a special premium with the, the study. The Lean Mass Hyperspondor study is my life, definitely right now, and it's, mm. but in a good way. You know, yeah. we're, we're getting real close now. Well, so, one, thing I'm, one thing I'm hoping to impart on people by having guys like you and Ivor and other people that have this engineering mind is to when they look at a problem to look at the entire structure how everything works together because that's that's you know i think that's why guys like you are are you know engineers are the ones that are leading this charge into the new dietary 
you know, to people that think like you, you know, and that's guys like Gary Taubes and Nina Teichels as well, you know, and, and, um, but you know, you, Siobhan, you guys have a way of looking at things and, and, and the fact that the engineer looks at a problem, you know, they, dogma like they don't look at things like it should work because this is the way i assume it should work they go okay this didn't work let's go back to the beginning and rebuild this till it gets to work you know and that that's that's one thing i'd like to see more in our society not just with health but like all of our problems <laughs> i honestly feel like it's a bit of a cultural thing though engineers we we're we're kind of not known for our good bedside manner I'm, I'm sort of a, an outlier <laughs> this perspective, but basically you could, you could get a room full of junior engineers and you could have Bill Gates walk in. Bill Gates could say something that's completely ridiculous that a junior engineer would spot as a problem. And they'll all want to comment. They'll all be just dying to tell Bill Gates how he's wrong. And that is actually, I find that that's a something I got used to being in that space that doesn't exist in medicine and research. Like I thought it would like, I, I always thought that that was just kind of the scientific mindset is you actively check each other. You're, yeah. you're constantly trying to spot problems in each other in a good way. It's not just about trying to tear down somebody else's ego. It's about feeling like you're all a part of the same uh, puzzle solving process. And because of that, it forces you to be almost schizophrenic, almost as fast as you have an idea. You have a countervailing part of you that's going, <laughs> but is it really like if I were trying to argue against what you just told me, what would I come up with? And I think you have to live that way as a scientist. I, I, think, I think it's crucial to live that way as a scientist, not as an individual, but also as a community. Yeah. And I, I, I would agree because I was very dogmatic about what I did before. And that dogma led to some brain issues and me weighing 618 pounds. So, uh, you know, make it props, I, by the way, I, I really, I cannot, I have to tell you, I don't often get to talk to success stories like yours. There's, there's something to be said for reaching a, um, a place like you did, because I've talked to people who've, who've been extraordinarily morbidly obese and the journey and coming back. And a lot of it, a lot of people don't realize a lot of it's mental is that yeah. it's, it's not just solving for the physical side. It's that you, you have to really attack it from multiple directions and you, and it's perseverance. And, and it's, I, sometimes I feel frustrated because I feel as though we're too anxious to showcase the you know, tied in a ribbon bow success story. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, so-and-so went on, you know, the ketogenic diet. And in one month, they have a bikini body, you know, and here's all their Instagram photos of it and so forth. And I, I just, I get frustrated because I feel that there should be more time spent on the people who struggle, who have tried other means to solve this problem that they, you know, dealt with for a long period of time, and then ultimately found the success. And maybe they're not, you know, perfectly ready to showcase to the world everything, but they can say, look how much this helped me turn my life around, yeah. even if I still got, you know, further to go in my journey. 
because I feel like we're all there. All of us are. Even the person who's posting the Instagram model pictures, they often find out later. They often are still struggling with some things they just didn't want to say anything about. And so, I, again, I think a lot of this comes back to the science part. It's in being honest, being feeling as though all the data is on the table. And in that regard, like, I just, I can't state it enough. For somebody who's gone to where you were and has found your way back, props to you. I mean, that's quite a journey. Yeah, thanks, man. I've actually done it twice now because I, I weighed over 500 pounds when I was, when I graduated high school. And uh, I, living in the Philippines for a couple of years made me drop a lot of weight just because of the environments that I was in. But then being injured and being on the truck and, and when I got back to the States, man, it got really hard to keep the weight off and I started gaining weight back. And then when I got injured from the car accident, but I, I honestly didn't believe keto was going to make me lose weight. I, I did it for brain health and I was experiencing symptoms of CTE that are associated you can't get diagnosed unless you're autopsy i wasn't there yet but uh you know i i was having a lot of brain issues and emotional issues and i started keto and i was doing a very high fat keto and then all of a sudden my pants were falling off and it like it my my drive was very much results driven you know, as I was seeing results of pain dissipating, my brain functioning better, I had a, my, my head literally felt like I was, when I used to scuba dive and I'd be at pressure at atmosphere and I'd have that pressure around my head that my head felt like that while I was just driving the truck. And I was wow. having, like, yeah, I was having all these issues, man. And then the pain in my joints and everything like that from pro wrestling and football and work and security and, and everything else that I was getting a lot of impact on my body with, it, it was just like, I felt like an 80 year old man climbing out of my bunk in the morning, trying to get ready to go to work, you know, to drive the truck, my knees were cracking everything was popping and carrying on. And, and, uh, there was so much pain when I woke up in the morning that the first thing that got me to stay on keto was that pain started to dissipate. Then I felt the brain issues start to improve and then the weight hit and i was like holy crap this is like you know everything the things that i didn't believe were ha would happen happened and i'm just like okay i'm sold so yeah i'm just wow you know. i it's funny i had heard some of this secondhand uh while i was in a chat and and asking because somebody had already heard your story and they were kind of relating some of these details and, and again that's part of why I'm as impressed as I am, but it's, it's also fascinating because I started this diet also not specifically to lose weight, but to reduce my chance of getting type two diabetes because mm -hmm. it's rampant on my dad's side of the family. And didn't, I didn't actually think of myself as overweight before I had like a BMI of 25, maybe 26. I don't know. But as usual, I was doing comparisons of myself to my, you know, high school class. Oh, well, we've all put on weight. You know, that just happens. Mm -hmm. It just happens naturally. And I and I find it fascinating how many people I've met since this has occurred who would speak of gaining weight as being something that they couldn't understand why it was happening. They've been trying to hit the gym a lot. They've been trying to eat better. 
et cetera. But they just, they, they kept feeling as if there just was more steps they needed to take that they just couldn't do any more of. And they were just at their wits end about it. Who had gone low carb? We're like, what the heck? <laughs> this was, this was not a big, gigantic, gargantuan uh, effort that I needed to make. I just need to get better about you know, what I picked out when I was shopping and then what not to eat. Mm. And really, a lot of things just started to fall in line. And again, I don't want to make it sound like it's this perfect success story. There's still often lots of things left in the journey. But the point is that the first part, the seemingly the hardest part that just seemed to come with age, started to change so rapidly. And, and that's what I, I'm, I'm so fascinated because for me, it was kind of like a red pill moment myself. I did have times where I was like, eh, I should see if I could lose at least five or 10 pounds because I'd like to be closer to where I was in, in college. But I know that means I'm probably gonna need to hit the gym at least, you know, five days a week, probably. And on top of, you know, not having as much Taco Bell, instead having more Subway, <laughs> right? right? I just get more whole wheat instead of this white bread, then that'll make all the difference. And so I'd have stints of doing that. And then I just, I'd get to this point where I'd be like, whatever, I can't, I can't really budge that thing hardly at all. And then, yeah, I not even trying to lose weight. I go on a low carb diet and it's like, boom, I'm now to my college weight. I'm, I'm to my college weight without trying. Yeah, that's the same with me, man. Like I actually started focusing on losing weight recently and I, I put an effort in on it. And so now, cause I kind of plateaued around 360 or so for a while and between coming off the truck, getting better sleep and getting, you know, um, away from a lot of toxic exposure that I was getting on the truck and, and I'm sure there's a number of factors outside of diet that also keyed in, but now I'm a, I got on the scale and I hit 278 and I'm like, I haven't seen that number since I was like a sophomore in high school. Like this wow. is insane, you know? And Props. but lately I've been able to incorporate more fasting and things like that into it. So I'm like, I couldn't do that on the truck because of the stress on the truck, the bad sleep patterns and stuff. It just, I couldn't comfortably fast. And now I've been, I've, I've been experimenting more with the cycles of fasting and how it would be more comfortable for me to get into a fasting state. And I found that for me, transitioning into a liquid diet and then transitioning into the fast and then transitioning out of the fast into a liquid diet and then back to real food works better for me digestively and also to help fight the cravings and the mental side of the fasting as well. And so that's something that I found that that works for me. So I've been using a lot of keto chow when I go into the fast and I'll spend like a week or two sometimes where all I eat is, is keto chow and sometimes mixed with bone broth and things like that. But I've been finding that the keto chow hasn't been giving me enough protein to feel okay. So I've been mm-hmm. upping the protein by adding like egg white powder or even whole whole raw eggs and and things like that into the the um, the mixture. And then the other thing I've been adding every once in a while too, especially transitioning out of the diet, is is spirulina and chlorella because I've been noticing, and then also charcoal at, at different points, because I've been noticing that when I drop a lot of weight, my skin everything breaks out. And I'm like, dude, I must have a lot of stored toxins in those fat cells because like literally everything, I get zits, I get like almost a, um, uh, 
the the uh, uh, flaky skin, dandruff, you know, type thing. I, I all this stuff starts happening, and then I don't feel so well for a while, and I, I take. I basically do like a minor detox to try and get everything. I, I drink a lot of water. I try to get everything set up, take in a lot of magnesium. And then my skin starts to settle down and my weight finds a better homeostasis where I've dropped. And then I, I stay that homeostasis for a while, let my body get used to it. And then I try to fast again. Hmm. So that's yeah, what I've been doing. I, I have been curious about that the i've certainly learned a lot about how lipids are stored in adipocytes adipocytes being the cells for your fat and there really is it's a fairly immature science because part of what convolutes it is that it's not it's not as though lipids go into your fat cells and then they get just perfectly mixed together so that what comes out will be a blend of what was in. It's actually more of the uh, first one out is the last one in kind of thing. And because of that, it makes sense that you could, uh, in theory, to some degree, you could have a lot of the healthier stuff that's associated with the better diet that you had at first. And then once you're really fasting, you're really pulling out of those lipid droplets that are in those fat cells that you're starting to actually dig into what was, you know, further in the back room, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. And while this is a bit of a simplification, for sure, I think that, like, for example, uh, in my younger days, I had lots and lots and lots of fast food. And so I, I myself am curious of the composition of those lipid droplets. As I'm losing weight, how much of that really does change the composition of the fatty acids getting released into my bloodstream? How much does that have an impact on my health? And I don't have a good answer for that yet, but do I think that that can be a big factor? I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I am kind of curious about me because of poor diet in the past and also dirty supplements for years, playing sports and stuff, getting the stuff at G not, not like steroids or anything like, well, with GNC, you never know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, like, taking the supplements trying to to build mass and things like that to, especially when i was a power lifter you know a lot of these things as i found out later were not the cleanest then the fast food the the manufactured foods and all the other junk food that i ate growing up i imagine there's a lot of crap in there so i we're going off the rails like not off the rails but we're like doing the podcast without me doing the podcast so let me, let me get into the intro and uh we'll get going man all right hey everybody thanks for tuning in to this little bonus behind the scenes episode featuring dave feldman we had such a good conversation before the show started i, I just didn't want to let it go to waste and i wanted everybody to be able to hear the information he puts out the guy is uh he's one of those people that every time he opens his mouth i'm learning something new and speaking about learning something new, check out uh, carriebrown.com for Carrie's masterclasses. She's running the holiday masterclass and the ice cream masterclass right now. And there's some more masterclasses getting ready to be put up. These are fantastic tools to have in your keto tool belt to learn how to cook easy, delicious, 
food with no-fail recipes that have been tested by a fantastic pastry chef and developed by this pastry chef, and that is Carrie Brown. I actually used her cookbooks before I ever met her when I was driving in the truck. One of my favorites being the Crock-Pot Cookbook because I love dump-and-go things. So check out the masterclasses where she goes over her cookbooks and teaches you how to cook from them. And also check out the uh, the cookbook section itself because there's a bunch of great cookbooks on there, including a drink cookbook, 101 Keto Beverages. And you can uh, you can learn how to have some great keto, delicious, non-water keto drinks to have. Make sure you guys leave a review and rating down below. You might hear me read off one of your reviews in an upcoming episode. And I, you guys can have all my thanks in the world. See you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Fatty Joe Show. Be sure to leave a comment and subscribe. It helps the show reach more people. To support the show, as well as Carrie Brown and Yogi's work on the blog, Keto Recipe Development, Masterclasses, and to gain access to private Facebook groups and other awards, go to patreon.com slash Show or patreon.com slash Carrie Brown. Also, check out our Carrie Brown and Yogi Parker YouTube channel for video versions of the Fatty Joe Show, recipe videos, and more. Join our awesome community on the Facebook group, The Keto Kitchen with Carrie Brown and Yogi Parker, and check out our CarrieBrown.com website for recipes, blog posts, discounts, cookbooks, masterclasses, and other great stuff. Thank you so much.